0: is not McDonald's, church is a ministry, right? Jesus wants to minister to his people, right? Powerfully. You don't come, you miss the ministry, right? You miss all the good stuff. So we're going to talk about how we're moving forward, and I'm going to do a world record teaching here this morning. I believe I'm going to fulfill this promise. And uh, so Jesus has called us to be worshipers. One of the things that holds us back a lot of times is that we're too self-reliant and we're not Jesus-reliant enough. And when I say Jesus-reliant, I'm talking in the form of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given unto us as power, an enabling power, an equipping power, an exerted power, a transforming power. And the way the Holy Spirit becomes active in our life is through worship. When we worship the Lord, the Spirit becomes the empowerment of our lives. And so worship matters to Jesus. It matters. You're not in this thing alone. The Bible says this, Psalm 150, Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Do you have breath? You're supposed to praise Him. You're supposed to worship Him. Different types of worship. Toda, which is the sacrifice of praise. Yada, which is to raise your hands. Right? These are all uh, Barak. I think the church has got this one down, to worship with a quiet voice. We're, we're really good on that one. The Halal. Halal is where the hallelujah comes from, and it means an outward expression of soul rejoicing. That's jumping around. Woo, that's a hallelujah, right? Hallelujah is not the Barak. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for everything. I'm all in. Whatever works, right? The Shabak, which is a shout, right? Shabak. Shout for joy, Zamar is the instruments, and the tahila, right? The tahila is a sing-along. So you see different forms of worship even here this morning. We do the, we do the, the, the instrumental worship, and then there was a little sing-along going on here too. And that's, all of those are expressive forms of worship that God desires and different ways that we are to worship Him. The Bible says this, true worshipers, John 4, God is seeking worshipers in spirit and in truth. Right? He says, These people claim to be mine, but their hearts are far from me. They worship in just routine without actually thinking. God wants us to worship him with all of our being. He wants all of you, right? He wants you to give yourself to that. Worship matters. That's why the church puts it on the front end of the thing, because worship is what prepares our hearts to receive from the Lord. But worship only, say it with me, worship only activates if I engage. If you stand as a spectator and watch it, nothing ever, it doesn't activate. But when you engage in the worship, then things begin to change, and you start noticing different things. So I'm going to give you some benefits of worship. you all going to like this one. I think we need this one on Monday morning. Say everything. Worship is a mood enhancer. Right? You need a mood enhancement? Wish granted. Worship. The Bible says this, Psalm 42. Why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart troubled and upset? Instead, I will put my hope in the Lord, and I will praise Him. I will praise Him as my Savior. When my heart is breaking, I will remember His kindness. You want to change your mood? Start worshiping. Everybody notice how the atmosphere changes sometimes when you play worship? I don't know if if you know, right? So we're still trying to move into this house, and my wife was saying, would you put work, would you put music on? Somebody gave me, uh, we had a birthday party, which I'm not, but somebody gave me one of these like little JBL speakers. It's not, this is not a commercial for JBL, but somebody gave me a JBL speaker, which was like probably the best gift I had, because it like syncs to the phone, and it's like really cool, and it's got like a good sound. So Sherry's like, hey, would you put some music on for me? And um, you know, we listen to different types of music, but when we put worship on, the whole house changes, right? The whole atmosphere of the home changes, because his presence comes in to that. To all who mourn in Israel, worship matters. God wants you to change your mood. You want to change your mood, right? Nothing changes your mood like the presence of Jesus. For all who mourn in Zion, the Lord says, I will give you beauty for ashes, Instead of sadness, I will give you, in, in, uh, instead, in beauty for ashes, joy instead of ashes, instead of sadness. So God's saying, listen, come to me with all of your stuff, worship me, and I'll take your ashes and I'll give you something beautiful. I'll take your sadness and I'll give you something joyful. I will give you praise instead of despair. But we come to him. So worship is a mood enhancer. Worship activates his presence. What worship is, is it becomes a bridge from where we are to, who, to where we need to be. Right. Worship is the is the bridge or the, the the Hebrews used to call it wings because it could take you where you couldn't go physically. And so it's a, worship is a, is a bridge that takes you into who you really are. It's transformative. You become a different person when you worship, don't you? Right. You get into the spirit. You like you. Right. All right? You, it's true. Right. You don't like you over here. I mean, come on. I know. You know, we're all we're all there. But worship, worship is a bridge into his presence. People say, I don't feel like worshiping. No one does. The one thing the enemy wants to do, the devil opposes us in so many different ways, but Jesus says the devil doesn't come to you and get in your face like a boogeyman and go, ooh, I'm here to scare you. He does it in all these little subtle ways. The enemy's not, one of the enemy's top tactics is distraction, right? To amuse, to distract. That's what the word means. This is where we get the word amusement, but it's to distract us. We'd rather do Netflix than worship, right? We'd rather do haagen than worship. We'd rather get Jack Daniels than worship, right? We, we would because it's an amusement. It takes us away from what we probably really need to do, and that's worship. And when we worship God, and worship is just the activation of his presence. It's the actualization of who you really are. You're sons and daughters, right? You look at all this new age stuff, and these guys are on, the, on this quest for self-actualization, what they're seeking, we have. You understand that? You can actualize yourself spiritually because you become who you really are. You get born again. You have the Holy Spirit. But how many knows you're not always act walking around in the Holy Spirit? Anybody with me? Right. So don't don't sit around and walk like you're you Christian all high and tight and you got everything figured out because you don't. Right. When you're at, when you're not in the Spirit, you're not. Sometimes you're not really a happy person. You're not. I understand that. I've been going through a lot. I've had like a lot of stuff going on in my own life, and and, like I've been overwhelmed. Overwhelming is the issue. And actually threw that in my notes. I'm like, what keeps us from worship? I'm like, overwhelming. Life's overwhelmingness. And what happens when you get overwhelmed is you move out of his presence. When you're out of his presence, you lose perspective. And you start becoming that old Frankenstein. You know what I'm saying? The monster, the creature from the Black Lagoon starts coming around. And you're like, I like this guy. And then the guy starts acting out and you're like, I really don't like that guy. I don't like that guy at all. Right? But when we're in his presence, we're a different person. And so the key to our lives, the key to transformation, the key to perspective is getting and worshiping God. People say, I don't feel like it. Say it with me. I act my way into feeling. I don't feel my way into acting. Okay, let's just play or play a couple games, all right? So you ever feel like doing yard work? No one does, right? But it's an amazing thing once you get that weed eater in your hand and you cut just that little bit of grass. Pretty soon you're overtaking the whole yard, you know what I mean? You didn't feel like it, but as soon as you started acting on it, now all of a sudden you felt like doing the whole yard, right? But if you were to look out there and go, I don't feel like cutting the grass, but I'm going to do it anyway. And you go out there and do it, and you're cutting the grass. You're out there going to the neighbor's yard. Hey, you got a gallon of gas, Jerry? I'll cut your grass, too. You know, you start going crazy. It's true. Start unpacking boxes, or you start going through junk, right? I'm going to clean up the I don't feel like cleaning out the closet. But, man, when you do, it's like a flurry of activity. Because <laughs> we don't feel our way into acting. We act our way into feelings. Worship activates his presence. We're created to vet worship. We're vessels, which means we're not created to be full of ourselves, Say with me. I am not created to be full of myself. I am not created to be full of problems and to be full of pain. You're created to be full of his presence. We're going to be full of something. Life's going to help you out, right? If you don't want to do it, life will help you. Life will make you full of you. Life will make you full of problems. Or life will make you full of pain. And anything, that, anytime, or you can give the pain to Jesus and become full of him. Right? You can give these things away. You can give yourself away and become full of Christ. We're created as vessels. We're going to be full of something. The question is, Is what do we want to be full of? And if you don't define it, others will define it for you. If you don't define who and what you are, others will define it for you. I don't define who and what I am. I let the Lord define me, and then I go with him. I am what he says I am, and I don't let anybody take me from that. I'm a son on my worst day. I'm loved on my worst day. I'm accepted. Right? And the pain that we carry is because we've not given it away. The the heart that we're carrying, the, the, the ego that we're carrying, all of this stuff. Jesus is the source. We're created for him and by him. Acts 17, for in him we live, move, and have our being. Without him we are nothing. That's just a fact. We're created by the Lord. Human achievement means nothing without Jesus. Despair comes to us all. Pain comes to us all. That's not a question. In this world you shall have trouble, but fear not, I've overcome the world. There's only one who's overcome the world, and his name's Jesus. We're all going to have trouble. We're all going to have pain, right? The world and people without Christ, they seek their comfort and their pain and their, their, in, in other things. Even Christians, we neglect the greatest gift that's ever been given to us. It's his presence. His presence is a gift without measure. It's a gift that there's, It's priceless. The presence of the living God given to you the desire to be with you and the desire to give himself fully to you, he gives himself fully. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Jesus isn't holding back. He gives himself fully. Without measure, he gives himself. What do you need, Kevin? And it comes from this place of presence. That's why worship is so important. and It's been diminished, right? We rob the church of its ministry power. We create McDonald's. We create a show. We create four songs that fit neatly into a 12-minute section of our services. How is that worship, right? If we're worshiping during the week, that's one problem. But when we come together corporately, how is 12 minutes or a 15-minute worship set that just rapidly fires through everything in a timed sequence, how does that engage what God has called us to engage? It doesn't. It doesn't. And we wonder why there's no, you know, I was just talking to a guy. um, He was talking to me about evangelism. I, t- I was telling them, we're called to affect culture. We're called to affect the world. I said, but most Christians, I go, forget getting it out of their heart house. They can't even get Jesus out of their heart. You know what I mean? We're called to move what is in us out of us, out of our heart into our world, out of our homes, out of our homes into our neighborhoods, out of our neighborhoods into the city, out of the city into the world. That's what we're called, but we can't even get him out of our heart, right? We can't even manifest what's in our hearts because we're distracted. We don't understand there there were such key principles to this kingdom and worship without a question is a key to this kingdom. This is an absolute key. If we don't, we neglect this, forget about locked doors and not being, we will not have access, we'll, we'll stay as we are. You've got to develop yourself as a worshiper. It's not my thing, I hear people say, it's Jesus's thing, right? I feel like a fool when I lift my hands. Then be Jesus' fool and lift your hands. All right? I feel like a fool when I'm dancing. Well, then be a fool. All right? Give a little jig. You know? Do something. Sing. Do something. Give yourself to it. It's a key that's given to you. It's a gift. Worship is a gift. Jesus doesn't care if you sing well. All right? That's why we have a sound system. We drown out all of the... You know, so I can't carry a tune in a bucket. That's all right. Make a joyful noise. Worship enlarges your perspective. David said, I will praise the name of the Lord and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. When Jesus gets bigger, your problems get smaller, don't they? Your problems are impossible. And then you get into the mind of Christ and you get the revelation and you're like, oh, it's not that bad. I don't know if you all are here. If you're a Christian that never does that, then you don't know what you're missing. If you've allowed yourself to be diminished by your circumstances and you allow your circumstances, my circumstances don't dictate to me. I'm not saying I do everything right because I don't, but my circumstances will not dictate to me. They will not, they do not have the final authority. There may be a conversation between me and my circumstances, but in the end, I have the final word. Well, ultimately Jesus has the final word. I don't let my circumstances define me. I hear what he says and that's what I do. And that comes through an act in a heart of worship continually, a communion with him continually. I've learned how to access the mind of Christ, and it's through worship. I've learned how to access his presence, and it's through worship. And the church just thinks presence is just a little woo, and then we all lay around and roll on the floor, run in circles a few times. Yeah, that's all cool, but that presence is the manifest glory and the access point into his world. That's what it is. Right? It's literally the door. Enter his gates with, and his courts with, it is the access point into his world, right? It's far more than just a little, "woo," or just a little, we just do a little sing-along. You know, it's like it's howdy duty time in the church. We're all just going to sing along. It's power. It's a doorway, right, into a realm that you are invited into. If you wanted to get really specific, you're commanded at Kaleo. That's what it means, summoned. The king summons you to his world. You don't know what you're doing, that's okay. He knows what he's doing, right? Most Christians fear the realm of the spirit because they're, they're not acclimated to that world. Well, of course you're not, but you're born into it. Like a toddler born into this earth, can't, can't control himself, can't stand on his feet, does all kinds of things because they're not acclimated to that world. But all of us have been toddlers and we all do pretty good now, don't we? Because we've acclimated into the world in which we've been born because we've experienced it. If we do not engage that world and we do not begin to understand that world, we will forever be out of balance. Because that is our world, Christian. This is the natural. But you are commanded and called unto the supernatural. We are a supernatural people on a supernatural mission. And we cannot do it in the flesh. And we cannot do it with doctrine. And we cannot do it with good theology. Right? Disciplines, all those things, those are great. That's what trains the soldier. But in the end, the Spirit is what achieves. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's not by words of wisdom and intellectual understanding and musings and rational understandings of the Scripture. All those things are great. It's by power. And that power is in the Spirit. It's not just in us, it's in that realm, All right? And we need to learn that realm. Just a thought. Worship activates the mind of Christ. How do we activate the mind of Christ? We press into his presence. When you're in God's presence, and when I get into worship, I start asking him questions. When I need to understand things and I need perspective, I go to Jesus, and I don't just pray. I get in his presence, and I ask him to show me great and mighty things I know not of. There's no one more creative than Jesus. Do you know why? Because he's the creator. Ready? Jesus created creativity. Jesus isn't even creative. He's the creator of creativity, right? And he's got a creative answer and a creative solution for I don't care how complex your problem is, Jesus has an answer. He does. He not only is the answer, he'll show you how to solve it. You may not like what he tells you, you may not like like the direction he points you in, but he will tell you and he will give you right perspective unifies us with him. Steve Jobs, when he took over Apple after they had been almost bankrupt, he came back into the company and he said, we're going to innovate ourselves out of this. Innovate. We're going to create things that have never been created. We're going to push the boundaries of what things have been. We're going to innovate this. The solution to your problems are not with natural understanding, Christian. The solution to your problems are with creative understanding. How much money does God want to release to his sons and daughters if they'll listen to him? They'll listen to him. Right? People get mad because they think God's spending all his time on character development. He's spending his time on character development because he wants to put something on you. And he can't put anything on you because you won't take the steps to develop your character. And then there are all of those, and there are many Christians who have developed their character, but have never stepped out into the destiny that God has called them to do. And they're character prepped. You know, they got their character. They know how to tie their shoes. They know the moral authority. They know don't smoke, drink, or chew, or hang out with those that do. They got that all that stuff down. But, and they're, but we're just all locked tight in a vacuum seal. Time to take the bubble wrap off. If God's developed you and you've got character, get the bubble wrap off. Come out of the box. Become what you are. Right? God wants to do something in our generation. We are a chosen generation, and we are chosen in our generation. And Jesus wants to do something in this generation. And we must do this collectively, and we must do this individually. Like iron upon iron, we must become what God has called us to be. And it begins, and say, I don't know what it is. Well, then get into the worship. Get into the mind of Christ. He'll give you answers. Great and mighty things you don't know. Right? You're not smart enough. Say it with me. It's going to help you. I'm going to put some therapy in the room this morning. Put your hand on your heart. Say this. I'm not smart enough to solve the problems that I face. I'm not smart enough to solve the future. I'm not smart enough to resolve the past, and I'm not smart enough to decide the the present. It has nothing to do with intellect. Some of you PhDs, MBAs, whatever you are, doctor so-and-so, I don't care how smart you are, you're not smart enough. You're not smart enough. Jesus is the accelerator, Jesus is the amplifier. We worship in spirit, our mind submits to spirit. God never created man to be led by his emotions or be led by the intellect. Man was created to be led by the Spirit in concert and communion with his Spirit. And the intellect is to be subjected to the Spirit. We are to transform and renew our minds into the will of the Spirit. That's how it works. Anyway, so I'm going to keep moving. (laughs) Worship transforms us, right? Changes us. God told Samuel, you can look at this in another, uh, another, when you get a chance, 1 Samuel 10. God told Saul, because Saul was gonna take on his kingship, right? Saul was a pauper who was about to become king. And in order for a pauper to become king, his nature must be changed. The world cannot bear up, the world cannot manifest forth from a pauper who's become kings. And we're all paupers who've become kings. So we need to learn a new way. We need to learn a new nature. We need to become something we haven't been. And the prophet tells Samuel, go to the world, meet these, meet these prophets. These prophets will be worshiping. And when you encounter them, you're going to encounter the spirit, and you'll be transformed into another person. God was showing Saul the key to his future. God was showing Saul the key to kingdom with spirit power. Saul neglected the Holy Spirit and therefore lost everything. But the prophet was showing him, this is your key, Saul. And what Saul, you see, with this King Saul when he lost everything, is Saul at the end of his life is a guy who's figuring it out all on his own. He's the smartest guy in the room, and he's got it all figured out. But behind the scenes, he's freaked out and afraid because he knows he doesn't have it all together. He knows it. The problem is, the, Saul's problem was the neglect of presence. Worship brings victory. Aren't you glad? Amen. Amen. It's true. I love this one. How would you like to be a singer? Second Chronicles, so the king appointed the singers to go out ahead of the army and praise the Lord and sing praises to him. And they said, give thanks to the Lord for he is faithful and his love endures forever. And the moment the singers started singing, the Lord caused the opposing armies to be attack each other and God brought victory, right? <laughs> How many knows they didn't feel like singing? I don't know if you were a singer. Sometimes the things that are opposing you, you don't really feel like singing, Right? The army would be like, what's going on here? Why are the singers out in front of us? And the singers would be turning around going, yeah, why are we out in front of you? What, what's, what is going on here, right? I'm, I'm training a cappella, man. I'm not training this. So, but that's why we worship. We put worship on the front of the services. And one of the reasons why the church liturgically puts worship on the front of the services is because worship brings the victory. It brings the power. But they had to lean into it. They had to do what they didn't want to do. How many knows the singers had to sing when they didn't want to sing? A mighty fortress is our God and they had the march into battle, doing what they didn't want to do. Ready? I'll give you another one. Doing what didn't make sense. There are a lot of things in this kingdom that don't make sense. Prayer? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Right? Lifting hands, wow, that's genius too. I can completely rationalize that. Here's my favorite. Lay hands on the sick. How? that's not even that's not even remotely rational. Because it's not rational, it's spiritual. Right, worship is not rational. It's spiritual, and you get an instantaneous activation off of worship that proves to you that there is power behind this. Don't limit it. Go further. Go unto worship. Go deeper in your worship. Most Christians have been trained, and we know how deep we're going to go. And as soon as we feel that little unsi unsi on ourselves, so that's that's oh, well, I'm, I'm good. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm in His presence. Are you really? How about you go a little deeper? Right? How about you do something you never did? How about you give yourself and engage in a way you've never done before? Let's go deeper. Let's go deeper. Let's stop settling for measure when we're called to fullness. Just a thought. Lastly, world record message at Elevate Miami Church. Boom, boom. All right? In time, on time. See this right here? Shelly gave me a short clock, and I still have five minutes on my short clock. And I'm on my last point, Shelley. Booyah! What's up? Worship frees you. Worship frees you. Turns you into who you can't be without it. Right? Saul couldn't be what he was. He had to worship. He's all of a sudden he's like, "Woo!" Saul stripped off all his clothes and laid out with them all. He got off all the encumbrances. That's what worship is supposed to do: is to get off your encumbrances, get off of you. And they said, is Saul among the prophets." Worship frees you. Life beats you up, but worship sets you free. Can I get a witness? Right? Here's Paul and Silas. They were beaten with rods. That's my favorite. I don't even know what beaten with rods looks like, but I don't want to experience it. I mean, they beat them with rods. I mean, were they like baseball bats? I mean, what, what were they hitting them with? I don't even know. But it just sounds insanely painful. Everybody just going off on you, just beating you with rods. They beat them when, after they had laid many stripes on them, Acts 16. They were thrown into prison, and the jailer was charged to keep these guys in order. And having received such a charge, the jailer put them in the inner prison and put their feet in the stocks. Now, your feet are already throbbing. You know, you're already in pain. And everybody say it with me. At the midnight hour, hour. Paul and Silas praised Jesus. Yeah. At the midnight hour, it couldn't be any darker. It couldn't feel any hopeless. All is lost. We don't know if we're getting out of here, right? They probably, were, they probably were unconscious. They were probably beaten unconscious, dragged into the jail, and if they lived, they lived. If they died, they died. This is how realistic this stuff is. It's not a poem. They beat these guys senseless, and they woke up and they're like, whoa, we're still alive. I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. Come on, right? They raise a hallelujah in the presence of their enemies. And what happens? The jail shook, the chains broke, and the doors opened. Could that be your situation? Could that be your circumstances? The things that have you locked up, right? And you're spending so much time in fascination over what's happened to you. You're spending so much time lamenting over where you are, and forgetting who you are, and forgetting who's for you. Could it just be that? Could it be Jesus wants you to raise a hallelujah? Hallel's are the crazy worship. Shabbat is to shout. Hallel's crazy. So when we go hallelujah, Lord, that's not a hallel. Hallel's like woo. Hallel is a full-on expression of everything you got. So, to raise a hallelujah is a full on expression of everything you got. Maybe, there, maybe that would break some chains, Christian. Maybe that would change your season. Maybe things would begin to turn, and what has been against you now comes for you. We have the ability to alter time and space, and that ability comes through worship. Just a thought. So, let me challenge you this week become a worshiper. Become a worshiper. Say, I don't know, Pastor. I don't know. Get in the car. Right? At the red lights, raise your hand. Right? You like disco worship? Put on some disco worship. It doesn't matter what the worship is. If it brings God glory and it brings you into the presence, then go for it. Be a worshiper this week. So, I don't know. How about three days? Can we do three days? Let's just really choke it out, right? Let's really make a sacrifice here. Let's go, okay, I guess I can do it for three days. I guess I can. You have a car ride in the morning, you have a car ride in the afternoon. You, have a, you can get up earlier. You can spend 15 minutes worshiping. We have wireless headphones now, don't we? Nobody even needs to know you're doing it, God forbid. Right? You can get into his presence and tell me your week doesn't go different. Three out of, three out of seven days. Let's go for five. Some of you really want to go all in. Let's go for five. I want to challenge you to make worship a lifestyle, and I want to challenge you. We just prayed for breakthrough this morning, and I'm going to tell you that when you start doing this, breakthrough is going to happen. Breakthrough with understanding, breakthrough in circumstances, God's going to break it through. He's going to break it through. Things have been held back. He's going to break it through. The enemy can't hold it back. We're worshipers, right? They worshiped in Jericho, fell. Worship is such a key component of breakthrough all through Scripture, all through it. Just do it. Make it your lifestyle. Become a worshiper, right? Give give yourself to it. So I'll give you a couple of quick, uh, I'm not, you know, by any chance recommending, and these are not like, we're not selling CDs here or anything like that, but I'm going to challenge you to get a playlist. Put it on your phone, right? I have a go-to song I listen to every, almost every single week before I come to church, You know, my wife kind of rolls her eyes. It's my go-to. I go to that one because I have to remind myself that he loves me, right? I remind myself how much I'm loved, right? And that's my specific song for, for when I come to, I don't do it every week, but I guarantee I've been doing it for a long time. And that song is my song. May not be your song, but that's my song, right? the key is for you to get some songs and let them become your songs. So here's some here's some worship for you if you want to know, all right? These are more modern, this is all different stuff. And the thing is is to play around with it, right? We all have YouTube or Spotify. One thing with YouTube is if you watch it on YouTube, you can see other other types of bands and just spend a day out of your life and spend some time and going back and forth and listening to some of these songs and develop it. Maverick City that's a pretty modern one. And if you don't know, Diana knows a lot of new ones. Jody knows a lot of new, new different things. These are just some basic ones. Maverick City, that's, they got a lot of good songs. Bethel Worship has a lot of good songs. Elevation Worship has a lot of good songs. Jeremy Riddle has a lot of good songs. He's an old vineyard guy. Well, younger vineyard guy, but anyway. Chandler Moore. I don't know if you all know Chandler Moore. He's got a lot of news. Jaira, you or not, um, he wrote it, I think. And then uh, People, People and Songs, that's another good group. And then uh, Tribal. T R B L T R D B L, right? Do y'all have worship songs? Who do you like? What's that? I don't know. I don't have any idea who that is. I don't know who it is. I just always listen. Elevate has a playlist. Elevate has a playlist. Diana's going to show it to you. Amen? But the key is to become worshipers, Christian. The key is to go forward. The key is to not settle for ordinary when we're called to be extraordinary. Why do we want to settle for ours? right? What does it look like? Well, it, looks, it looks like more than what you are right now, I can tell you that. God is always wanting to move you from glory to glory. The only time Israel settled was when they wanted to. God never settled them. They could have had it all, they, but they stopped pursuing it. Right? God, the Spirit of God stops when you stop. We stop because we don't like it difficult gets hurt. Oh my gosh, I got to go outside and sweat. Yeah, you probably do. You're going to get some dirt under your nails. Yeah, you're probably going to get some dirt on your nails. Doesn't mean you're not going to achieve. It just means you got to put effort into it, right? But God wants more for you. Some of you, you need vision in this season. Worship is your answer. Some of you, you need, you need freedom in this, time, in this season. Worship is your answer. Get a pen and a paper and get in worship and let the Lord speak to you. Get up early. Go outside. Go in the garage. Go in your car. Get away from the family. Get away from the distractions. Personal time with Jesus. You can go out there and listen to the Bible. That's great, too. Scripture's good. But you know what I find? I find when I worship and I read Scripture, it's like 10 times more powerful. (laughs) Because I'm already in Revelation. So all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I've never seen that word love quite like that before, right? So just a challenge to you. Who's up for the challenge? Huh? Anybody with breakthrough? You up for the challenge? You're going to be a worshiper this week, right? you're going to try it out. If you've never done it, you're going to do it. If you are doing it, you're going to go deeper, right? You're going to deeper. You're going to go deeper. So if you're just the singer, now what you're going to do is you're going to shut the shades and you're going to turn on worship and you're going to dance in your living room. Yep. Yes, you are. I've never done that before. Hallel. Let's go, right? If you've never done that, then lay out before the Lord. Let it, if you, you know, let, let his, let his power come into you. The, the other times, like, I just let revelation come to me. That's like one of my favorite things. I, I was like, I just love to let him just show me things. I just love to, and I ask him questions and he shows me, and I ask him and he shows me. But what I find is if I ask him, what does he want? He tells me. We spend so much time telling him what we want, but let him tell you what I want, what he wants. What does, what do you want for my marriage? And the Lord's going to say. And he'll tell you. And then you ask him, what role do I play in that? And he's going to tell you. What do you want from my business? And he's going to tell you. What is the direction that I should go in? And he's going to tell you. God, stops speaking when you stop asking questions. That's another thing. And the questions will be answered when you're in his presence. you believe that? Yes? All right. Amen. We love you. God loves you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to close the service. We'll have a prayer team available. If any of you need prayer, there will be a prayer team available for you. We're gonna bless everybody at home. May the Lord bless you and all of those of you in the room. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine down upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you in every way. And may he give you peace. And may you forever live within his favor. In Jesus' name, amen. God loves you. We love you. Have a great week.